Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Dave Indigenovic. Dave Indigenovic. Special coverage of the top local story. Uh, if you tuned in at 9 o'clock off the top of the show, our top story was about these two barricaded siblings. Uh, one is a 12-year-old girl and her 15-year-old brother. Um, they've turned to TikTok, according to ProPublica, which uh, published a story about them over the weekend, uh, defying a court order to return to their father, who they say abused them. Um, and they are barricaded inside, it looks like a bedroom, in their mom's home, where they've been for weeks, Dave. And Deb, I, this is very unique in the sense that uh, the kids apparently are live streaming this, uh, almost daring police to come in and physically remove them, to take them to their father. Uh, th- this is... I don't know if it's a game changer. I think, you know, police are in kind of an awkward situation here. Uh, Let's bring in uh, the attorney for their father, Ron Wilkinson, on the line live with us right now from the Heritage Law Firm out of Orem. Thanks for joining us, Mr. Wilkinson. Good morning. Uh, So give us the the dad's side of this story. I I read your statement in ProPublica, which published that article this weekend about these, these two children and it seemed like you were denying the allegations of abuse. Can you speak to that? Certainly. These have been allegations, many of which are over a decade old, that have been repeatedly investigated. They've expanded over time. They've been exaggerated with more outrageous claims uh, happening uh, whenever there seems to be motivation. The father's been through multiple assessments, including a psychosexual evaluation, a polygraph. He's been through three rounds of reunification therapy, everything that he can do to try to develop and, and have a relationship with his son and his daughter. His hope is that they can have a relationship with both of their parents and have the benefit of healthy relationships into their adulthood. And what's happened has just been heartbreaking for him. What's the current arrangement? The current arrangement is that there's a court order, which I think uh, you've seen, that would order that the children be in the the father's care with uh, some good supervision and a safety plan in place that we believe to protect the father from further false allegations, but that would remove them from their current situation. The court has found, and I think appropriately, uh, Judge Poland was very measured in his approach that the evidence strongly supports 
the conclusion that the children are suffering harm while in their mother's care. They're not in school. They're not participating in normal activities that they should be. And the father just would like them to be able to have a normal childhood with a mom and a dad who love them and can support them. We're on the line live with Ron Wilkinson. He's an attorney for the father in this case of this custody dispute that we've been talking about this morning here on the show. He's with Heritage Law Firm in Orem. And I want to go back to um, the discussion about uh, the abuse allegations. The article in ProPublica says in 2018 that the Division of Child and Family Services here in Utah found that the father um, had sexually and emotionally abused his children. Um, so what, how, what is your response to this allegation in this, in this article that DCFS did find uh, abuse? Well, there have been multiple allegations over the course of, of many times uh, over the years. And it's our understanding that there was on one occasion a single worker who listened to uh, a therapist that had been involved and based on the discussions with that therapist uh, made that supported finding. Subsequent to that, there were experts assigned that reviewed all of the information and found that the children had been harmed, in fact, by the very therapist in terms of uh, having false memories, uh, recovered memories. and, And that's been part of the exaggerated claims and, and and really claims made out of whole cloth that have been very challenging. That's why the father went to the Great Lakes to complete the psychosexual evaluation, the polygraph, everything to make sure that, you know, going forward, he could have a relationship with his children and he could protect them from this very type of harm that has continually uh, con- continued to creep up. Does your client support Uh, having the children removed. uh... I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Even if the police have to use, quote-unquote, reasonable force. I, I think the judge took the best approach possible, uh, putting that uh, decision in the hands of the mother and the children in terms of it hopefully not having to having to rise to that. Uh, you know, I think one of the significant parts in the ruling that the judge found and my client believes is the judge's finding that the only way to recover the children from the psychological battlefield that they're in at their mother's home is to remove them from her care and place them in, in his care and custody with the support of paternal family members.
Mr. Wilkinson, with the, with the children seemingly, it would appear, still barricaded in the room or, or the home, if police don't go in, uh, what is your next legal move? Or do you have anything left? There are additional approaches. We're hoping that it, it doesn't come to that. But my client is very fearful of the harm the children are being subjected to, as well as the the exposure uh, that they have, you know, with the choices that, that they're making to put this out there in a in a public forum, in ways that may have long term uh, negative effects. It is so. I mean, we were just talking, Dave and I were just talking about how unusual it is uh, with the TikTok issue. Yeah, the the live streaming issue, the posting on social media channels, uh, the accusations being made from the children against their father. How do you navigate this? It's it's one of the more challenging uh, cases that we've had to we've we've had to do you know handle. We usually get a couple cases a year that are very similar, uh, where there's false allegations and uh, you know children are, are able to to recover and do well. Hopefully, it's in a manner that allows both parents to be involved. Sometimes it requires a change of custody. I've had you know, several cases, even over the course of the past uh, few years, where the children have discussed later, after having recovered from that, uh, the the warfare, really, that they were under uh, and the pressure they were under to come up with false allegations and to make such claims. And my client's just hopeful that these children can can recover from this. And I think the only way for that to happen is for them to be removed from Uh, that psychological battlefield, as Judge Poland noted. Ron Wilkinson, uh, attorney for the father in this custody dispute. Um, Thank you so much for joining us live this morning to help walk us through um, your client's side of this this ongoing issue. And again, these two kids, 15-year-old brother, 12-year-old sister, appear to be barricaded inside their mom's home in Utah, my read of the ProPublica article, Dave, is that police have shown up at one point late last year, decided because of the complications in all of this to back out, not take the children at that point. The judge has issued an order um, that police can go in and use reasonable force to remove these kids. I don't think that's happened as of right now. Um been watching the videos, and it seems as though they're still inside the home. Can you imagine uh, the emotional trauma going on right now from the mother's point of view, the father's point of view, the children? I mean, the, this is already an incredibly difficult situation, mm-hmm. custody battles. It's an incredibly difficult situation to go through. To add a live component to it, streaming it on social media accounts, mm-hmm. recording videos and posting them onto your social media networks, that adds a layer that is making it so public and putting so much pressure. It's almost like a pressure cooker right now. And and I hope that something reasonable can can happen because th- this is just a heartbreaking story. Yeah, I just in that conversation, continue to think about those kids. And probably shockingly common, Deb, across the country as as parents uh, that are divorced and trying to deal with custody issues, 
they they probably deal with this. Have you ever known far anybody more than we, to oh, deal yeah. with me too? I was yeah, thinking about that when we were having that conversation yeah. with Mr. Wilkinson. I thought, yeah, I've had, I've known of of personal situations, yeah. and it's just it's it's just the kids who are always just caught right in the middle. Um, we'll continue to follow this story as it continues to develop, uh, of course, right here on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.